Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. I just took this off because we're still going through the coronavirus. In fact, you've been watching lots of old reruns because we haven't been able to be in the studio. This is our first day back. So I thought I would ask the question that maybe not enough people are asking. Is the coronavirus from God? A lot of Christians would say, oh no, God doesn't cause human suffering. Only the devil does that. So this is from the devil. Other Christians would say, well, God is allowing the coronavirus, but God doesn't cause it. Well, what does the Bible teach? Does God cause things like plagues and viruses? I want you to listen carefully to these verses. Amos chapter 3. Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? Exodus 4, Moses is talking to God in the burning bush, and God says, Moses, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? And then God says in Deuteronomy 32, See now that I, even I am he, there is no God beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. So is God causing this stuff? Well, think of it. Who is it that flooded the world during Noah's day? That wasn't the devil. God did that. Who is it that rained fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah? That wasn't the devil. God did that. Who is it that hit Pharaoh with all the plagues? God did that. Now you could say, well, yeah, but that's just Old Testament. No, it's in the New Testament too. Who is it that smote King Herod so that he died and was eaten by worms? It says in, in Acts chapter 12, the angel of the Lord did that. So what I want to share on this program are four thoughts that I want you to consider as we go through this pandemic. Let's pray. Father, we pray now that your Holy Spirit would open our ears, open our hearts, open my mouth, and Lord, speak to us about this, the strangest time in my lifetime that, uh, that I've gone through and, and probably for almost everybody listening to this. So Lord, speak to us, help us make sense of things. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Four thoughts I want you to consider as we go through the pandemic. Number one. America deserves God's judgment. We kill 3,000 unborn babies a day in America. I saw a powerful video recently. Here are about maybe 12 hospital workers in front of the hospital with their uniforms on having a Black Lives Matter protest. They're mostly white. A black man walks up and says, do black lives matter? And they say, oh yes, Black Lives Matter. And then one of the nurses got in front of the back black man and knelt before him. And the black man said, 
do all black lives matter? Yes, all black lives matter. Then he said, do black babies in the womb matter? Silence. And he said, well, what's wrong? Why are you being quiet now? Doesn't the future of black people, don't black babies in the womb matter? Silence. America deserves God's judgment. We now have gay marriage in America. Now you turn on TV, things are filthy. It's not an exaggeration to say that what was an X-rated movie when I was a little boy is now on broadcast television. And do you know who the porn producers are for the whole planet? It's Southern California. America deserves God's judgment. I believe that this pandemic, all the social unrest, the burning of my city, Minneapolis, the looting, I think this is God's way of trying to get our attention. Uh, I, you know, for decades, America has been turning away from God. Our church attendance has gone way down. And I was just reading the Old Testament recently. When the Jews would go after false gods, God's hand of protection would be removed and he'd let a foreign army come in to punish the Jews. I think God's protection over America is being withdrawn. If you don't want God, you don't get God. You get your rebellion. And, and I, I, if you read Romans chapter 1, three times it says, God gave them up, God gave them up, God gave them up to a depraved mind. America, we are getting a depraved mind. I turned on TV the other night, NBC. Here's a program promoting transgenderism. I turned the channel to CBS. Here's a commercial with a transgender character in it. Uh, Disney has something called DuckTales for Kids. Now they've got a uh, gay couple for children. And the producer said, not to feature more gay characters in storylines story is no excuse for. I'm dedicated to finding new opportunities for LGBTQ representation on this show, the next, and the next. In, in Minnesota here, it's a very, I, Minnesota is a very liberal state. There's a man running for Congress right now. He's a pastor, and his, his commercials are all about Vote for me because I'm very pro-transgender. The city council of Minneapolis has not one. We have two city council members who are transgender. And it's sad when the secular society is promoting this. It's tragic when the church is promoting this. Um, the United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church in America, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the Presbyterian Church USA all promote transgenderism and they have gay, practicing gay, and transgender pastors now. Um, and I've, I've said this before, I'll say it again. The ELCA two summers ago had 31,000 Lutheran teenagers at their teen convention. They put an 11-year-old boy on stage dressed up as a girl because he thinks he's a she to promote transgenderism to the teenagers. And still, two years later, they're highlighting this teenager. Now he, I refuse to say she, is 13 uh, as a hero on the ELCA website. And one more thing on this. The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, a very liberal denomination, their New York Metro Synod, for Gay Pride Month posted 41 gay videos on the church's Facebook page, one of which was 
drag queen story time for your children. This is the church. So my first point is America deserves God's judgment. My second point is the church deserves God's judgment. Church in America is a mess. It says this in 1 Peter 4. It is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. That's the church. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So let me explain more why I think the church in America deserves God's judgment. According, again, we're talking about the liberal denominations, United Church of Christ, United Methodists now are getting there, the Disciples of Christ, the PCUSA Presbyterians, ELCA Lutherans. Um, these denominations pay for abortions with offering dollars in their church's health care plan. I don't know if that's true of the Disciples of Christ, but it's, it's true for these other denominations. They pay for abortions with your offering dollars. Uh, some of these leaders in these denominations teach there is no hell. Everybody goes to heaven. You don't have to believe in Christ to be saved. And these denominations are shrinking and dying, and they should. They're under the judgment of God. If you go to ELCA.org or go to the uh, Facebook page of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the head bishop of the church, Elizabeth Eaton, has a video you can watch where she oozes enthusiasm for Gay Pride Month. And she talks about how thrilled she is that the ELCA Lutheran Church now endorses homosexuality, transgenderism, etc., etc., etc. Now, if you saw this, sh this show a few weeks ago, I did a whole show on my struggle with same-sex attraction. I have struggled with that temptation most of my life, but for the sake of Christ and my soul, I don't go there. I, I, I'm celibate. But if you read the ELCA Lutheran magazine, all they promote are loving, committed gay relationships. They won't talk. In fact, we tried to put a commercial, an advertisement in the ELCA magazine saying, you can come out of this. You don't have to behave this way. They refuse to print it. So I wrote the ELCA and I put this on their video. E Bishop Eaton's video is tragic. The Bible teaches those who continue in impenitent homosexual behavior will not be saved, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. It is not loving to tell people that sin is no longer sin. So maybe 15 years ago, I'm shaking hands after church and a couple comes through and, Pastor Brock, the reason we're coming to your church our other Lutheran church was teaching our, our, our seven-year-old girls, her Sunday school teacher is a lesbian with a partner. We didn't want her exposed to that, so now we're coming here. All right, fast forward to today. Recently, I passed that church. Now, not the Sunday school teacher. Now the pastor of the church is a lesbian with a wife. This is the strange new world of the United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church in America, Presbyterian Church USA, and the ELCA Lutherans, and soon to be the United Methodists now are, are, are poised to do the same. LGBTQAI plus inclusion. And one more thing. <laughs> church of England. In America, it's called the Episcopal Church, but the Church of England, which used to be a good church, recently their bishops overwhelmingly approved a little liturgy where you can have a man become a woman with a renaming liturgy. They did this for a seven-year-old. And do you know how many people go to church now in England? The, the percentage of people regularly in the Church of England on a Sunday morning is one point. 
4. So I want you to consider as we go through this pandemic, America deserves God's judgment. The church deserves God's judgment. Third thought for you, I deserve God's judgment. <laughs> um, if I get the coronavirus, I'm not going to say to myself, well, how could this happen to me? I'm such a good person. <laughs> I don't think that way. There was an awful book years ago, bestseller by Rabbi Harold Kushner entitled, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. You know what's wrong with that title? There are no good people. We're all sinners. We all deserve God's judgment. You know, I'll tell you what I've been praying as I go to bed lately. I'll get in bed and I'll say, thank you, God, for my nice little home here. And thanks for my nice warm bed. And God, thank you. I'm not in hell. I heard a pastor say, any day that I'm above ground and not in hell is a good day. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you realize that you're a sinner and that you deserve God's judgment? Do you know that? Years ago, my least favorite TV show was the Phil Donahue show. Boy, did he promote homosexuality. Well, Phil, you won. Well, years ago, he had a show where he attacked religion. And he said to the studio audience, let's all sing Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Phil waved his arm, stop, stop. See, that's what's wrong with religion, he said. I want you to know Phil Donahue is not a wretch. Phil Donahue is a pretty nice guy. And I sat there looking at the TV and I thought, Phil, you don't get it. <laughs> Until you understand that you're a wretch and a sinner, you won't understand Christ. You won't understand the cross and why he had to go there. I heard a pastor say this, heaven is only for those who know they deserve hell. Let me repeat that. Heaven is only for those who know they deserve hell. So when I was preparing this very sermon that you're hearing, I got a phone call. Pastor Brock, you're doing my mom's funeral later this week. Yes. Well, we have one relative that doesn't like fire and brimstone. So if you could just not mention hell. And I said to this person, I preach heaven and hell and the need for Christ at every funeral I preach. It's just what I do. And it's the best time to preach salvation. And so we had the funeral and I preached it. <laughs> but again, we need to preach that we're sinners who deserve judgment. Otherwise, Christ and his death on the cross don't make any sense to people. America deserves God's judgment. The church deserves God's judgment. You and I deserve God's judgment. And now for the most important thought. Do you know the one who can save you? from God's judgment. I know only one person that has died of this coronavirus, but he was ready to go because he knew someone who has now saved him from God's judgment. Here it is, Romans chapter 5. Since we now have been justified, that means declared not guilty by Christ's blood, by his death, much more shall we be saved by Christ from the wrath of God. I mean, if I'm right, and if the coronavirus and the social unrest and the rioting, if all that is from God, well, why would a loving God send all that? I think 
precisely because he is a loving God. He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to get us back to him. And, and, and he'll use strange things to get our eyes open. I mean, again, I'll say it. America has been turning its back on God for decades now. Church attendance is down. Morality is in the gutter. And God in his mercy is trying to get our attention to save us. You know, there's an old saying. Some people only look up when they're lying on their back. And when we're prosperous, we don't think about God much. We stop going to church. But when you have death and destruction and rioting and looting in your face, it makes you think about God again. So again, the big question I'm going to ask you is this. As we go through this pandemic, if it happens to you, if you die, do you know the one who can save you from God's wrath. Listen carefully. This is the most important thing I preach. Let me show you how to be saved from the wrath of God. This is for you if you're a Buddhist, a Muslim, a Hindu, a Catholic, a Baptist, whatever your beliefs are, here's the only way you and I can be saved from God's wrath in this life and in the next. Listen carefully. It's called the gospel, the good news. Up here is heaven. Heaven is God's perfect home. If you want to get up into heaven, you have to be just like God is, absolutely perfect. And let's say my billfold here represents sin. God won't let sin up into heaven. If he did, if God let sin into heaven, you'd have hatred, murder, crime, rape, abortion, pornography. It'd be America all over again. So God does not permit sin into heaven. And this hand represents you and me, a typical human being. The problem is that each one of us is loaded with sin. We sin in thought, word, and deed daily. That's the bad news. Here's the good news, the gospel. 2,000 years ago, God came down from heaven and became a human being. He was born in a manger. His name was Jesus. He lived about 33 years on earth. He never sinned because he was God. When he was about 33 years old, he took our sins off of us, put them on his own back, he carried our sins up to the cross. They put nails through his hands and feet. And all the sins that you and I deserve to get punished for, he took our punishment for us. He paid for our sins in our place, and it killed him. He was buried. Our sins are buried with Christ. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He goes back to heaven. And now God promises you, no matter what sins you may have committed, if you will turn to Christ and trust in him for the forgiveness of sins, you're going to heaven when you die. Do you know Christ? Listen, if you're Buddhist, Methodist, Episcopalian, uh, I don't care what your belief system is, if you're ready and open to letting Jesus be your Savior, I want to ask you to do something right now. Would you close your eyes? And if you want Jesus to be your Savior, forgive your sins, and to take control of your life, I just ask you to say these words after me and to pray to God and say this. Pray after me. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I do deserve your punishment. I am sorry for my sins. I turn from them. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart, forgive my sins, take control of my life, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that and meant that, Jesus Christ now is in your life. He's your Savior. You're forgiven. 
now go to church every week. If you haven't been baptized, go to the pastor of a church and say, Pastor, I need to be baptized now because I'm following Christ. And then go to church every week because no matter what your religion is or your beliefs are, there's one person who can save you from God's wrath, Jesus Christ, who died in our place to save us from the wrath of God, that we could be forgiven and enjoy eternity in heaven forever. Let's sum all this up. What I want you to think about as we go through this coronavirus is America deserves this, the church deserves this, I deserve this, but there's one person who has taken what we deserve on the cross, come to Jesus and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Acts chapter 16. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock? Yeah. I guess my first question for you today is, in light of everything that's going on, are some nations more guilty before God than others? Well, you know, I just preached that America is guilty before God. Does that mean other nations are not guilty before? No, we're all guilty before God. We're all sinners. But Jackie, Jesus said, to him who is given much shall be required much. America has been given much by God. We're the most prosperous nation on earth. We have had more Christianity in America than I think probably any nation on earth. And now we're turning our back on God. So he who, to, who, to he who has given much, of him much will be required. So in that sense, I think America's more guilty because we've been given so much. Well, you know, Tom, just even in our state right now, we've had so much rioting and destruction in and everything yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah. Is that all from God? I well, mean, like I said in the sermon, God's hand of protection has been on America. But America has been rebelling against God, so I think God is withdrawing his hand of protection. I mean, Jackie, i got to tell you this. Our liberal mayor of our liberal city of Minneapolis, a few months before uh, the rioting that burnt down part of Minneapolis, he proclaimed abortion provider appreciation day. And, <laughs> and then the entire city council of St. Paul next door proclaimed abortion provider Appreciation Day. Now, I'm sorry, if they're going to dec decry violence, then let's also decry the violence going on in the womb. The, I mean, Jackie, I think Minneapolis is a very, very liberal city, and we had this burning and, and looting and, and tragedy. I think God is saying, look, Minneapolis, if you're going to reject me and celebrate abortion, you're going to get what you get. That's my humble opinion. <laughs> okay, so do you think America will return to God? Or are there any signs of that? I, I want to believe that. Do I see signs of repentance in America? I don't. I see us hardening things like gay marriage and abortion providers and all this stuff. I wish I could see some signs of real revival and repentance. I pray it's coming. I hope it's coming. At the moment, Jackie, I don't see any sign that God is that we are returning to God in America. As a Christian, what should someone do as we go through these trying times? Yes. Well, I will tell you, um, I think that 
the main thing we should do in these trying times, keep our prayer life strong, keep praying, keep reading your Bible every day, and in the midst of all this mess, use this as an opportunity to talk to people about Jesus. I mean, so much, finally, some people are thinking about eternity that haven't thought about it for years. And I think if we could just use the opportunity to say, well, let's say you get the coronavirus. What are you going to do? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And I think that that's one thing we can do. Tom, in human history, has a nation ever really left God and then come back? Well, the Jews in the Old Testament left God and went after Baalism and all the false gods. And then God brought in the Babylonians in 586 B.C., who took the Jews in captivity to Babylon for 70 years. But then God let them come home, and there was a period of, of the Jews returning to God. And this would happen periodically in Jewish history. They'd get an evil king, and they'd worship Baal. Then they'd get a good king, and they'd burn the Baal statues, and they'd worship Jehovah. And so the, the whole history of, of Israel is leaving and coming back, leaving and coming back. Um, now, in modern times, is there an example of a country that was following God, left, and then came back? Nothing's coming to mind. <laughs> well, I hope we do as a nation. Yeah. Okay, Tom, I guess I, I've kind of finished with the questions yeah. regarding what we sure. were pre preaching on in that. But we have had some new questions we have. that have come in. And yeah, so maybe and, and we I think we've only got probably time for one. All right. But one of the questions that came in was, will I know my loved ones in heaven? A lot of people We, ask we get that. that a lot. And, and I think the answer is, I've said this before, Jesus said, you'll know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you'll see them in heaven. If I'm going to know there's Abraham, who I've never seen, I think somehow God will show me, well, there's Grandma who led me to the Lord or whatever. And, you know, will, you, will Grandma look 90 years old for eternity? I don't think so. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, he had a perfect new body. That's and he, it still had the wounds, the scars, yeah. but he could zip in and out of doors without opening them. I think that's a picture of our new body. We'll have these perfect new resurrection bodies, but I still think we'll be able to recognize there was my grandma, there was my dad. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us. We're uh, uh, thankful for your prayers and your support, and we'll see you again next time at The Pastor Study. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the pastor's study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.